Welcome to Coward's Fury. I'm Chris. I'm Charles. And tonight, we'd like to remind you to check out our Patreon or our Buzzsprout subscriptions, because we're all set there. We'd love you to sign up. And tonight, we're going to talk about Krista Pike. Krista Gale Pike. That's right. She was born in Durham, North Carolina on March 10th, 1976. I knew a lady named Krista Pike. Did you? Yep. Mm. Fair faucet hair, sausage fingers, and she was angry. <laughs> she was angry? Yep. Well, then she must have something in common with this Krista Pike. So this Krista Pike did not have an ideal childhood. Her parents, Glenn Pike and Carissa Hansen, weren't together. According to her mother, Pike was born prematurely and never really bonded with her mother since she was really raised by her alcoholic grandmother until her grandmother's death in 1988. And Pike would have been 12 years old at that time. So grandma was drinking. Grandma was I don't know. Boone's wine. Maybe. Probably. Yeah. Or maybe Lambrusco. That's too classy. Maybe. Maybe. I, uh, I was not able to find in the research the reason that her mother had her living with her grandmother, uh, but I... I do know that her grandmother was an alcoholic. Uh, Once her grandmother passed away, she was often shuffled between both of her parents. And both parents would later state that Pike was incorrigible. She was manipulative and just really difficult to get along with. Like every teenager. (laughs) This this was a little worse. Uh, Pike's mother, who was a nurse, would state at Pike's trial, so you know something bad's going to happen, that she made efforts to bond with her daughter. Get this even smoking pot with her to, quote, establish a friendship. Yeah, who doesn't do that? Look, I got news for you. You're a mother, not a friend. She doesn't need a friend until she's an adult. Mother first, friend later. All right, I just looked at a picture. No fair faucet hair. She's a ginger. Yeah. But the reality is, yeah, smoke pot for a reason. <laughs> right. But, uh, so Hanson, that's the mom... Her, her boyfriend was very abusive to Pike, and he used to beat her. The pot smoking, some... Which Pike? The mom or the daughter? Krista Pike. She's the subject of our story today. So Hanson beat everyone? No, uh, Car- Carissa... The boyfriend. Carissa Hanson's boyfriend beat Krista Pike. Gotcha. Right. And um, some speculate that the pot smoking was just uh, Krista Pike's mother's way of like hey, have some pot so you can not feel the pain because, you know, my boyfriend just beat the shit out of you. Uh, In fact, on one such occasion, after Pike had received a beating from her mom's boyfriend, Pike actually went after him with a butcher knife. Ooh, she liked knives. Yeah. We know where this is going. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, the police were called after that. Yeah. Usually that happens. Yeah. But her dad's house wasn't really going to be a haven for her or anyone around her either. By the time she had turned 18, she'd been kicked out of his house twice for general misbehavior, manipulation, and pretty much just being a pain in the ass. She was kicked out for the final time because Pike's father and um, his new wife suspected her of sexually abusing her two-year-old half-sister. And that was the end of the line, as, uh, as it should be. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, there's no, it's just... Ugh. Now, I, I will say I could not find anything to corroborate that. That's just one of the you know storylines that I read. Um, coming from relatives. Pike's aunt would later uh, state that she wouldn't let her own children associate with Pike or with Pike's parents, saying that they lived in filthy conditions with no rules and no boundaries. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. But as we've seen in, you know, 
other cases, uh, no one bothered to try to get this girl any mental health help at all, at least none that anyone could find um, information about, either from medical records or from family members. They loved to complain about her, but nobody wanted to help her. Yeah. Yeah. So, no surprise. A pikester dropped out of high school. She sure did. Pike's out. Pike's out. She joined a government program called the Job Corps in Knoxville, Tennessee. She would begin studying computer programming. So This was like in like the early 90s, so it was like yeah. really a typing class. Maybe. Yeah, probably. I don't know. But it's all good. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. So just a quick little, you know, tidbit of information about the Job Corps. It was a government program aimed at helping disadvantaged youth get career training so they could get the skills they needed to turn their lives around and lead like a productive life with decent paying career, blah, blah, blah. The idea... Uh, being that if young people could make a decent living, they wouldn't need to turn to a life of crime to support themselves. It sounds like, a, on the face of it, a reasonable idea. So the youth would attend classes, and they would actually stay in dorms on campus. These places, however, often turned into hotbeds of crime themselves because they're putting a bunch of kids together whose all they know is crime and how to you know, behave in certain ways. Uh, the program was actually funded by Congress and started in 1967 as part of Lyndon Johnson's War on Poverty. The idea was to remove the young person from their current circumstances as part of a method of showing them what hard work, work looks like and how it pays off. The centers are often criticized for this belief in that participants are now they're away from any family or any support system, any attachments that they had. Um, also, it's hard to return to your original place where you were when that place may have changed significantly during the time that you were gone so if anyone zoned out wow that's mean no i'm saying if anyone zoned out here's what i here's how i interpret all that all right it's basically military school for poor people which i think is all right i like the whole premise but back to pike Mm mm-hmm so Pike's at the Job Corps. Yeah, she is in Knoxville, Tennessee. And guess and what? Guess what happens? She meets she, someone and starts sleeping with them. She does, and yep. I'll tell you what: other people might get a chance to go home. She's not going to get a chance to go home. So to, she did to meet Daryl. To Daryl, she did meet. Yeah, a young man. To Daryl Ship, who became her boyfriend. To Daryl Ship, at the time Pike was eighteen and Ship was seventeen. I read in several articles that they began like starting to dabble in the occult together. I don't know how serious that was. It was really difficult to tell like how far into that they had gotten. But during their time there, they met and they also made friends with 19-year-old Floridian Colleen Slemmer and 18-year-old Shadala Peterson. Yep. After a time, Pike was convinced that Colleen Slemmer was trying to sleep with her boyfriend. To what Darryl about Shep. Peterson? Well, Peterson's going to play a role, but... Oh. She's sort of out here on the side. I think Peterson liked goldfish. You know what? I bet she did. Not the kind you eat. No. Yeah. Real ones. Yep. Yep. I think she liked goldfish too. And so this accusation that Slimmer was trying to sleep with Tadaryl was something that Slimmer vehemently denied. It became a real source of contention between Slimmer and Pike. Here comes the cat clawing. Yeah. It's well, coming out. At one point, Pike told Ship, her boyfriend, quote, Girl. No. no She's like, listen, Tadero, that little hoe's got to be taught a lesson. <laughs> okay. That's what she said. All right. I'm not. That's what, that was her words. Okay. Okay. So just for a mental picture, 
Krista Pike happens to be a young white woman. Tadero I said ginger. You did, but that that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it does. Tadero Ship and Sh- um, Shadala Peterson were both young African Americans. Yeah. 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 Okay, I think everyone's got that. Okay. Just. I'm trying to paint a mental picture. Okay. Okay. All of our listeners knew that already. They're well. They're pretty smart people. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, as all good psychopaths will do, Pike, Ship, and Pike's buddy Peterson concocted a harebrained scheme to get Slimmer alone to, quote, teach her a lesson. Yeah. I, what uh, lesson are they going to teach her? I, we're going to find out. Yeah, no, we're not. No one ever finds out. On the evening of January 12th, 1995, Ship told Slimmer that she wanted to get things straight between them and that they, would go, they should go smoke some weed together to yeah. make amends. And Pike would provide the weed. Unfortunately for Ms. Slimmer, oh, she agreed yeah. to go with Pike. Yep. I don't understand. Like, if you're having, like, a little bitch fight with another girl, just don't go anywhere with her. Pike had um, Pike had the place that she wanted to take Slimmer picked out ahead of time. It was a place that was part of the University of Tennessee, which was an abandoned steam mill, kind of, like, deep in the woods in a very sort of it felt like a very rural setting no one would be anywhere near to hear slummer's screams yeah so slummer screams later in this episode just so everyone knows yeah 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 so on the night of january 12th all four pike slummer ship and peterson signed out of their dorm rooms and went for a walk prior to departing pike pocketed a box cutter and a meat cleaver they walked along note the meat cleaver. Yes. Yeah. Well, both the box cutter Brutal. and the meat cleaver are going to... Yep. Yeah. They both play a key role. They walked along a dark jogging path until the woods surrounded them, sort of swallowed them, and no one could see them. It was at this point that Pike began to accuse Slimmer of trying to sleep with her boyfriend, which, of course, Slimmer denied over and over, which just drove Pike crazy. Pike slammed her knee into Slimmer's face then took out the cleaver and sliced Slimmer across the stomach with it. Oh. Yeah, it, it's, oof, it gets worse. Ship then joined in by grabbing the cleaver and slicing Slimmer across the chest. Uh, why did he do that? I don't know. This doesn't I, make any sense. No, none of this does. I mean, you've got, you've got Pike, who's clearly crazy, freaking crazy. Yeah, or maybe not of all, yeah. Yeah, she's not there. Like, something's who's wrong. Slimmer? Slimmer is the victim. Colleen, the girl who was accused Slimmer. of sleeping, trying to sleep with Krista's boyfriend. Right, and then Ship's the boyfriend. Ship is the boyfriend. What's Peterson? Pe- Peterson's the friend. What's Peterson doing? Oh, she gets to join in too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but it. I don't even think that Peterson and Pike were like super, super good friends. They were just friends. I, if you're going to be that ride or die over somebody who's like just your pal – you got your own problems because I'm going to tell you, I don't care who you are. I'm not ride or die. If you're going to murder somebody in front of me, I'm going to get help. Sorry. You'll have to kill me too. Oh, anyway. So Slimmer was crying. She begged for them to stop, but to no avail, they weren't going to listen. The frenzy had begun and there was, there were no cooler heads left to, to prevail. The box cutter then at this point makes an appearance and all three Pike, Ship and Peterson participated in what was effectively 30 to 40 minutes of sheer torture as they sliced and stabbed poor Colleen Slemmer hundreds of times. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. In fact, 
after when when while the autopsy was done, the the um, medical examiner said they they stopped counting. They could not count the, the sheer number of of wounds that she had from you know just small defensive wounds and nicks to just gaping slices. It was terrible. When the threesome became too physically exhausted to continue with their cutting and slicing and stabbing, Pike and Ship cut a pentagram in her chest with the meat cleaver. She was still alive at this point. Yeah. And they can tell that because when you get cut and your heart is still pumping, there's redness around the edges of where you get cut. Right. And so all of these cuts had that redness. So they knew that her heart was still pumping. Now, whether she was conscious or not at this point, we could not know that. Um. Anyway, the, the fact that she was still alive seemed to just incense Pike, who then grabbed a chunk of asphalt and Pike, sna- yeah, got, wow, yeah, she's like a fr- mad dog. She slammed it into Slimmer's head multiple times until she finally died. And then, because all of this wasn't enough, Pike then bent over, fished out a chunk of Slimmer's skull, and stuck the bloody artifact in her jacket pocket as a souvenir. Snatched it out of what? A piece of Slimmer's skull. Like out of the head? Yes. Out of yeah. her caved in head. So that's um abnormal behavior for most people. I think this entire thing is jackrabbit like, what, what, insane. What, 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 okay, all right. This is insane, right. And Peterson was just watching. No, Peterson did participate. Okay. I don't think she did a whole lot. I think she did some holding down. I think she did some, you know... I don't know, who knows, punching or what. She certainly took the least active role. But the fact that she didn't run off and go get help just astounds me. Right. So these geniuses, this is is good. They were actually picked up and arrested in under 36 hours. Yeah, because they all three, all four signed out. Well, yeah. Like, uh, uh, what happened? So Pike, almost immediately, was bragging about the killing and showing the piece of the skull to, like, anyone who would listen. Plus, investigators found... Even the, the cops. <laughs> well, we'll they're get like, there. They're like, hey, check this out. <laughs> Kappa, check this out. Uh, so investigators also found that the group of four had all signed out together. But yes, only three returned, as you said. They searched Ship's room to find occult items. Not that that really has anything to do with this, except for they did the whole pentagram thing. Pike had also told friends of her, uh, this one friend of hers, Kim, I'm going to get her last name wrong, so please forgive me, Iloilo, earlier in January, that she had actually planned to kill another student because she, quote, just felt mean that day. But the most damaging bit of evidence found was the piece of skull with tissue on it in Pike's jacket pocket. Like I said, flipping genius. Yeah. When questioned, Pike claimed that she was only trying to scare the girl and that things got out of hand. That's not out of hand. That's frenzied. Well, that's a lot of out of hand. That's way too much out of hand to just be like, whoops. I mean, you know. That was a confused person, that's for sure. Yeah, well, after she spent some time with law enforcement, she confessed. She told the authorities that the entire, like, the whole gruesome ordeal, step by step, she consented to a search of her dorm room where police found her blood-soaked jeans and other incriminating evidence. Because why get rid of that? It's a perfectly good pair of jeans, right? Pike took authorities to the trash bin where she had tossed Colleen's gloves and ID. Then she took them to the crime scene for the rest of the details. All told, after her confession was transcribed, it was 46 pages long. That's a lot of talking that this girl did. She, she just wanted to be heard. Uh, yes, clearly. 
Pike underwent various psychological reviews while in custody. She was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, but she was otherwise found to be sane and responsible for her actions. Because she was. Right. Ultimately, it would take the jury only two and a half hours to convict Pike. It's pretty quick. Of murder, yeah. And conspiracy to commit murder. So those were the two charges. Right. She cried and cried and cried through the entire trial. And I'll post a picture on our Instagram of this little brat and her little crocodile tears. She was then sentenced to death for the crime, making her the youngest woman to be sentenced to death after the Furman era death penalty was allowed to be used again in 1976. So there's a whole Furman versus Georgia case. Maybe we'll cover it because it's honestly fascinating. Um, for why the death penalty was stopped and then started again in the 70s. After her conviction and sentencing, she wrote to her boyfriend and said, and this is a quote of a couple of different sentences put together, and I will also post a picture of this letter um, because it's out there online. Quote, you see what I get for trying to be nice to the hoe? I went ahead and bashed her brains out so she would die quickly instead of letting her bleed to death and suffer more, and they fucking fry me. Ain't that some shit? Ain't that some shit? Mm-hmm. I can't. That just makes me want to vomit. And naturally, as it seems to like never end with these people, that's not the end of Pike's story. No, no. no. Pike did some stuff with shoelaces. She did. We'll get there. Uh, so she ping-ponged around from appeal... Um, from an, She piked around. She, she ping-ponged around. She piked around, right? She piked around from an appeals perspective... Starting, stopping, and restarting her appeals efforts. At one point in June 2002, she requested an expedited execution by electrocution rather than lethal injection, which criminal court judge Mary Beth Lebowitz granted and then set her electrocution date for that August. So that's quick. That's expedited. Yeah. Only for Pike to then turn around and change her mind again. By December 2008, Pike's appeals were completely exhausted. Now, I will say that her request for an expedited execution was against her attorney's advice. I feel like I have to say that. And I will tell you, she also was not exactly a model inmate, and this is where your shoelace comment comes in. Right. On August 24, 2001, Pike, and actually another roommate assisted her, tried to strangle fellow inmate Patricia Jones with a shoelace, almost killing her. Like, they almost succeeded. I, I could not find out, I couldn't figure out why they did this. On August 12, 2004, I don't know why it took three years. She was convicted of attempted murder and given an additional 25 years. I mean, for God's sakes, three years, really? Yeah. That seems like a ridiculously long time for someone who's incarcerated and literally under watch all the time to be convicted of something like that. Wait. Are you reading something? No, I don't know what to say. No, that's fine. Like, you're all like, you said it all. Yeah. But wait. There continues to be even The Pikester just keeps going. She keeps going. There's always more to give when you're that crazy. Shit. Yeah. In March of 2012, prison officials heard of an escape plan to get Pike out. (laughs) That makes all kinds of sense. Pike had begun communicating with a 30-something-year-old. I don't know. I couldn't see how old he was. He was in his 30s. Personal trainer named David Kohut the previous year, so in 2011. He had actually started to make the 1,800-mile trip from New Jersey to Tennessee to see her once or twice a week. That's a lot of miles to put on your car. They cared about one another. Obviously, she somehow reeled this guy in. 
he uh, he actually notified her that he was concocting a plan to get her out. And right. he, yeah, he had enlisted the help of a prison guard, Justin Heflin, who agreed to help for cash and gifts. I guess everybody can be bought. Yeah. Yeah. So the loose idea was that Heflin would get an outline made of the key that was needed and Kohut would then make a copy and get it to Pike, which it sounds like a really ill-gotten plan from the get-go. Doesn't it though? Can you just trace a key and make a copy? Aren't there like grooves on the side and... I don't... There's some kits where you can press them in and then you put pour epoxy in. I don't know. I'm not like a... Ah, as you would know. No, I, I thought it was fascinating sort of but I, I don't i don't know how well they work i actually know for a fact that you can pick a lock i can pick locks yeah it's kind of fun it's actually kind of fascinating to watch you do it <laughs> <laughs> when i succeed i can't do it so i whatever it's pretty cool not that you should go picking locks that you don't belong in just Facts. to put that out there <laughs> anyway their plans were thwarted fairly early on Ending, I don't know how they were, somebody managed to get word to the prison authorities that this was happening. And it ended with Kohut's conviction and seven-year sentence and Heflin losing his job. Pike was not charged because they could not prove that she took part in the planning. She did know about it, but she didn't take part in it. At least they couldn't prove that she did. Pike has continued to fight for her... Um, <laughs> Pike's fighting a good fight. <laughs> I said Pike. I wrote Pike is continuing to fight for her execution. No. <laughs> oh, to fight. Okay. Jesus, I'm stupid. Pike has continued to fight her execution, and many have actually assisted her, because there's lots of people out there who are completely anti-death penalty. There's actually a nonprofit setup called Mercy for Krista that works toward petition signing and other tactics to try to keep Krista from being the first woman in over 200 years to be executed by the state of Tennessee. In 2021, Colleen's mom asked the courts to set a final execution date for her daughter's killer. Krista remains incarcerated on death row at the Deborah K. Johnson Rehabilitation Center in Knoxville, Tennessee. Why do they call it a rehabilitation center? Well, they want to rehabilitate. She's on death row. There's no rehabilitation. Uh, I got nothing. I don't know what to say. But if you were to Google this site, this nonprofit, you would see this like nice, really nice professional looking headshot of Krista. You know what Colleen never got? She Any, never got anything, to have an, a nice looking headshot of herself in her 40s. That's true. Look, I'm not a huge death, you know, capital punishment person. And I know, I understand that the controversy here. I'm down is, with the death penalty. Is that I'll leave it at that. Krista I'll was, keep it simple. The Krista was 18 and she was... Had she committed the murder a few months earlier, she wouldn't have gotten the death penalty because she'd have been 17. So I understand that. You, but know it's, what, you know what Peterson got? Parole. Yeah. Peterson just got parole. Peterson got parole. Yep. That doesn't, and, that doesn't seem right to me. And um, Ship got uh, an opportunity for parole as well. So even though he participated in the murder, like heavily participated in the murder, he was also not 18 yet. He was 17 at the time, which meant that he would never be sentenced to death, that he would automatically get an opportunity for parole. It's messed up. 25 to life. Yeah. So, but not Krista. And I don't really care if she spends the rest of her life in jail. I don't really care all that much if she does get executed. She very clearly did what she did. I think the law's got to just do what the law does. Well, and what bothers me is on this website, she's like, I know what I did was wrong and it doesn't make, 
doesn't change what happened to ruining all these people's lives. Okay, did you see the quote that I said earlier? There was no remorse there. And when she recanted or recalled to friends how she did the murder, because she said it to many people, she like danced around and sang and was like all happy about it. Yeah. That's not okay. They're like... I don't think she has one ounce of remorse. I think the thing that she's sorry about is that she got caught and is stuck in jail. I would agree. Yeah. She snapped on the hoe, according to her. Yes, she did. I don't know anything about this other young lady, but uh, that's a story. Nobody. It's it's kind of a crazy story because it's so fast and intense and rapid. Yeah. Look, nobody at the Job Corps is there because they are an advantaged privileged person they're all going through some shit so probably colleen slimmer was going through her own shit but she certainly did not deserve this and this wasn't even like a i'm gonna come up to you and shoot you in the back of the head this was torture for a half an hour it was and you know so i guess there's something to be said for the brutality of the crime as well so that is it that will wrap up our case the very sad case of the loss of Colleen Slummer at the hands of Krista Pike and her two moronic crew members. Crazy. Crazy. I got I got nothing else to say. It's nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts. I mean, you know what I always say? Teenagers scare the living shit out of me. That's a quote from a song. That's right. Well, that'll wrap it up. So thank you for listening. We really appreciate you. And as always, please check out our uh, Instagram at Cowards Fury. Shoot us an email at cowardsfury at gmail.com. And uh, check out our Patreon or our Buzzsprout subscription for extra awesome content. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.